real slow. So good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. Today, we have the co-founder and CEO of Ampair. It's an electrified airplane, hybrid airplane, amazing company, Kevin Nordkirk. And Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. You guys are very busy. I've been following you for about two years now. So oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Wendy. It's and my pleasure to be here. Really appreciate the invite. Of course. Um, could you just, because I we've all read up on your company. We're very impressed and amazed by everything you guys are doing, but that's not fair to the audience because they're this is their first time they've heard about you. So could you tell us why you started Ampere, what you guys are doing, why it's so important, especially now? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, so at Ampere, we're building aircraft that are cleaner, quieter, and a lot less costly to operate. They also happen to be hybrid electric and electric. Uh, so we are taking all of that amazing technology that has electrified ground transportation and applying those principles, concepts, and technologies into aviation. Uh, taking a, a, a really practical approach. So our mission is to be the world's most trusted developer of practical, compelling electrified aircraft. So really trusted, practical, compelling. How do you do that with electric planes? These are the hard questions that we ask. Oh, yeah. um, you know, taking a practical approach means we've been upgrading planes. So taking existing planes that are already flying and pulling out the combustion systems, putting in our hybrid systems and flying those with airlines around the world, really proving the concept before launching our products uh, into market in a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been working on this in Los Angeles for, gosh, it's a little over five years now. So it's, oh, wow. um, it's uh, time goes by quickly. You know, it's funny, I was talking to Joy and Joel earlier and uh, obviously you're a smart guy. Caltech, NASA JPL, Northrop Grumman. So you, you've got a pedigree behind you for being rather intelligent Thank and a very, you. You. you know, important in this industry. One thing I, I would, you know, going from a combustion plane to an electric plane, there are many hurdles. And one of those I would think is weight because batteries do way more. So how are you combating, you know, getting, this is an airplane, it needs to get off the ground. So <laughs> how are you working with getting that power thrust up so people can get from place to place and do everything you know basically get rid of fuel <laughs> yeah wendy you you hit one of the major challenges right on the head there uh it is weight and in fact if any if you've ever worked on an aircraft development program most of the challenge comes in weight with whatever systems you're working in and and for us it's no different the weight of the battery that energy storage weight is one of the major challenges standing in in, in in the path of electrified aviation when you think about the energy density of a lithium-ion battery call it a best-in-class battery there compared to your your standard aviation fuels it's just it, it's it's it seems like such a stretch that at, at a first glance you might say oh this is impossible how could you possibly put that many batteries in a plane yeah. The reality, the reality is that though it's not as energy dense as the fuel, you could still have a really, really meaningful operation with an electric or, or hybrid electric plane. So I'll talk a little bit about how we're mitigating that particular risk. First and foremost at Ampere, we're beginning with hybrid electric. If you think way back when, push yourself 25, 30 years back and think about ground transportation, there were some really cool projects that were fully electric but the actual compelling products were hybrid initially. Oh, yeah. If you think about the products that, that eliminated the, the range anxiety, it gave you the opportunity to drive 
kind of as far as you needed to go uh, without that, you know, that limitation of only being able to drive around your block and then plug in again. Um, or, or similarly, when you think about the charging infrastructure for those batteries, right? You know, you didn't have chargers at every corner back in the day. And you still, in many places around the country and world, you don't have ground charging. And in that case, similarly, you, you're able to mitigate the risk with the hybrid. So on the battery weight, by including a hybrid component, it means that we're able to use fuels, uh, sustainable aviation fuels in many cases, to augment the electric. And it's almost like a peak shaving opportunity, a little bit different because planes and cars operate differently. But, um, but similarly, you're able to reduce the total amount of fuel used over the course of a mission while uh, managing the, the battery energy density risk with the hybrids. The second is, you know, working really, really hard to make the system as lightweight as possible while still being absolutely safe. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, full disclosure on my behalf, I've been fangirling you guys for a couple of years now and I've been following <laughs> you closely. So one of the things that um, I found to be truly amazing is you're doing test runs in Hawaii. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it is. I kind of want to hop over to Hawaii now just so I can jump on a flight. So how are, obviously you guys are separating yourselves from the pack. You're doing things differently. Um, could you can you go into any detail how you are different from other people trying to do the same thing? Yeah, I, I you know, I think it all comes down to the mission of the company. Right. And I, I said it earlier, the, those three keywords, trusted, practical and compelling. Um, how do you build trust other than doing the deeds you say you'll do? right about living up to your commitments about demonstrating in the world and 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 working closely with those people that you say that you're going to serve whether they're the airlines passengers or, or the communities uh so that's what we do right we 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 believe that our our developments are going to be more impactful and and ultimately we'll be able to develop even better and faster by doing these types of engagements with with the end users and so yes uh last late last year we we deployed a plane out to mokulele airlines in hawaii mm -hmm. and we were doing this this hop on the island of maui so the island of maui has two airports one right there in the center where you'd fly you know your, your, your major airline into, and the other one in a little town called Hana, which is way off in the corner. Uh, there, it, there's this uh, treacherous and wonderful road that you can drive to get yeah. over to Hana. Yeah. And, and, and I highly recommend driving that road once because it's, it's amazing. Maybe you have to drive back, but if you can fly, it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful route. And instead of spending about two and a half hours on the road, um, you'd spend about 15 to 20 minutes in the air. And so oh, these are... <laughs> yeah, and so it, I, I did have the opportunity to fly in Hawaii uh, there when we were deployed. And actually, so the plane has, it departed from Hawaii, came back, we upgraded it in California, we shipped it off to the UK, and actually we've been flying with some airlines in the UK just this year as well. So, um, Was that Scotland? Is that, that was in that's correct. So I, that hey, plane... I've been fangling for a while. I follow you guys. <laughs> so are you choosing destinations based on like where you're trying to settle, where you want a vacation? That's really what I'm picking up. <laughs> the, the Maldives have some pretty good short haul flights. I'm um, just saying it's a it's a very odd coincidence. That's all. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a it is a wonderful coincidence. Um, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that the the regions where aviation is actually a lifeline, like really like a core necessity for these communities 
Oftentimes they've got uh, like geographically separated areas. So whether they're the islands in Hawaii or the islands in, in Orkney at the north of Scotland or the fjords of Norway, uh, these are beautiful places which uh, where aviation is is truly that lifeline for them. And uh, and and yeah, it is sometimes nice to go visit. We joke about that in, internally as well. Um, but what we what, what matters the most is that these communities, oftentimes aviation has been a part of these communities since uh, for 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 a hundred years, and um and to hear that history and the the way that they embrace the new opportunities that we're bringing is is just so meaningful. So I I'll have to say actually the communities even better than the uh, than the sites are what I love uh, meeting when I go. Oh, and a lot of people don't understand that the cost efficiency, like let's say in Hawaii, of traveling from island to island is actually not that great, right? You can buy a ticket in our island. And it can be just as much as going from California um, to, you know, one of the islands in Hawaii. So this might be an efficient and a green uh, way to promote air travel and cohesiveness amongst the, the islands. So I, I just think it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Joy, you, you really hit a, an important point there, which is that uh, when deployed, an electric, an electric vehicle, especially an electrified aircraft, because it's burning less fuel and will be able to reduce the maintenance costs of those engines, you're actually saving money compared to the, the combustion baseline of the plane. And because you're saving money, some of that savings will pass on to the customer in lower ticket prices and, and will pass on to the customer in increased convenience because of more flights to more destinations. And so that convenience is really, really important about connecting communities in a sustainable way at price points that aren't just for like, you know, private business jet owners, but are actually for like, you know, the, the people who need to move their, their, uh, their, their families or goods between, you know, hard to reach places and really have no alternative other than that inconvenient, you know, two and a half hour drive. So when you talk about it, it's going to reduce like the cost, like what percentage of the cost are you talking about being able to reduce by going to the electric battery versus the combustible? Like, are we like five, 10, like what kind of a, but maintenance more or less. So hopefully that'll drive everything down. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, our, for our launch products, we're targeting up to about 25% savings oh. in the operation cost of these planes. And we get there really on, on two primary components. It's the direct fuel cost mm -hmm. because you're using electricity, which is less expensive than the fuel. And then the maintenance cost, especially the maintenance of the engine. Now we do have battery uh, replacements and upgrades over the life cycle. So when I talk about this tw up to 25% number, that is including all of the aspects that we that we anticipate um, being being incurred. Um, that when you think about it, an airline operating cost, they're spending like 30 to 45% of their total budget on fuel right now. And so if I'm able to significantly cut that fuel cost, that really helps their bottom line. And, and again, builds out the, the convenience and benefits for the customers. And are you working primarily with like the Cessna planes with the goal to get into the big commercial airlines? Is that kind of the trajectory that you're on right now? Well, if you think about like island hopping to a lot of these underserved communities that really don't have any service, you're not going to be flying a 747, well, right? You don't, you don't really need a plane that, that that's that big. Uh, so the question, and this is a really, it's an open question and we're trying to answer it, um, you know, is what size of plane do these communities need? If, if you've never had scheduled service into your town 
and your town has, you know, 10,000, 20,000 people, how frequently do you really need? Do you need just medical service, you know, one, two Mondays and Fridays? Do you need daily one day round trip? Do you need a bus route just cycling people between you and the big city where people work? Um, these are open questions that have to be addressed per community, but that also drives the size of plane. So specific to your question, we are beginning with those those Cessna planes, the Textron type planes. Mm -hmm. uh, the one that we're flying right now that we've upgraded is a Cessna plane called the Cessna Skymaster, um, and that uh, and then the the, the the one of the launch products that we're working on is also a uh, a Cessna plane called the Cessna Caravan. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, of everything you guys have accomplished, which has been a lot, I mean huge huge amount of accomplishments what would you say is your proudest greatest achievement that you've done so far oh goodness um i i mean I, honestly I'd, I'd say building a team that i that i trust and uh, believe can go get it done um like and and the the team dynamic i think is personally i mean if this is a specific to me personally yeah. the you know any any founder of a company hopes that they can instill in their organization the values that are important, um, the, 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 uh, the mentality and approach that is efficient and effective. And, um, and really at Ampere, you know, people are taking to heart, our, our team takes to heart our mission so deeply. And, um, and that, I, I have to say, is incredibly I mean, one, my, one of my proudest things. I, I, second to that, and very much specific to the, to the organization, um, to see your plane fly for the very first time, oh, yeah. uh, to see to see its wheels take off, like leave the ground and then soar overhead. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's probably I don't have children, but it's probably the feeling that you get when you see your child take a first step. Like it is, um, uh, you it literally brings a tear to your eye, and uh, and that is um, it was just a truly magical moment. And luckily, we've had a few of those moments over the years as we've. Uh, upgraded our various planes. So what are you planning on doing as far as, or where do you see your product fitting into anti-climate change? And all of the, the stuff going on around climate change, uh, where do you see your product kind of fitting in? Do you guys have any kind of goals uh, for where you wanna help and attribute to alleviating the problem? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, aviation is a hard industry to crack, right? Like from as far as an emission standpoint right now, it's uh, between I think two and a half and three percent of global emissions, um, global CO2 emissions. And and it doesn't really have an at scale sustainable solution yet. And so, uh, you know, business as usual is not going to get us there. We need uh, we need a lot of solutions, right? It's a whole portfolio. Electrification is just one part of it. But if you're ever going to deploy new technology into air aviation, it really begins in the smaller planes and then makes its way up to the bigger ones. And so we see that we are a we're a critical a, a critical proof point for these sustainable uh, low greenhouse gas emission uh, solutions that can eventually scale into the mainstream, the larger planes. Those planes, the seven you know, 737 type planes could go into a sustainable configuration like a hybrid or maybe a hydrogen. And these things could come down uh, in, in, in the longer run, but they really need to be proven now. So that's, you know, that's the big picture. On a very specific, you know, every drop of fuel that we don't burn up in the atmosphere, 
um, in an airplane is is a benefit to ultimately to reducing um, the, the greenhouse gas emissions and, and climate change. And we Absolutely. think that that's really important as well. Absolutely. So as you start working with some like the remote, more remote areas to get the air traffic in, how is it for getting, this is actually a question we got, what contingencies are being made for the availability of electricity in some of these more remote locations? And are you trying to get solar in there, geothermal? Like what is this Wind all the the big umbrella to get the sustainability down? Or do yeah, these, the, these kind of second layer and third layer questions yeah. are where it gets really interesting, right? Like we talk about serving remote communities that don't have air service. Do they even have an electric grid that can charge a plane, let alone a fleet of planes? We can they handle a supercharger, right? I mean, these are the good questions. And the reality is with 5,000 airports across the United States, there are a lot of unique cases on in where you have to go in and figure out, okay, what do you have? What do you need? And we, we're trying to build the building blocks in order to provide them the tools to upgrade. So imagine if you're a small city and you're not just thinking about charging an electric vehicle, but you're thinking about the energy resiliency for your community. What happens when the power lines go down because of fires? What happens in all these other cases? You need resiliency in your community anyway. You need an upgraded grid. And so we think about how can we turn, for example, uh, oftentimes public use lands like like airports or, or at least um, you know government owned owned land and use that as a hub for the energy resiliency of these communities both for an energy storage maybe for energy generation like you mentioned um, but then also as the as the hub for charging whether it's the uh, the local fleet of ground vehicles or or maybe someday the planes but this is also why we decided to begin with hybrid in fact a high a type of hybrid, which allows you, if needed, to operate without plugging in at every single location. And that means that when you're operating, you can actually fly to that remote location. And if they don't have a grid to charge the plane with, well, you can still fly the plane back. And, and that, you know, anytime you're plugged in, you're saving more money, you're saving more fuel. So like the benefits are much greater when you're able to plug in, but we can still deliver meaningful positive impacts to communities even if their grid doesn't have the capacity yet. And in this way, we can kind of iterate on this cycle, deploy a few planes in the hybrid non-plug-in. And then once you see it gain traction, you could start upgrading the infrastructure where it makes sense, really thoughtful about that investment, and then and then move forward from there. Um, and we think that that's the most uh, well, practical way to go about it. You know, I'm glad you mentioned positive impacts because one of the big, Things with sustainability is something called positive externalities, which basically means for people out there, something that someone else is, else does that positively impacts you. So in the case for electric airplanes, you had mentioned reducing noise, reducing carbon CO2 emissions, greenhouse gases. What other positive impacts are you guys doing? Uh, bringing people together. I mean, that's the biggest one for this group is community. But for you guys, um, what are the other ones I'm missing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, you, you you touched on some important ones, right? Like the noise factor is, is is a huge one. You think about why communities are trying to shut down airports, and it happens pretty frequently. Yeah. They're limiting the operations, and it's generally because of the noise. I mean, that's how you know a plane's flying overhead, right? You usually hear it first, and so by by uh, electrification can lead to much quieter planes. So that's a great benefit. But yeah, these externalities, these these other things that we can do. So uh, when you are 
when you're increasing accessibility into a community, so ins and outs of the community at an affordable price, now all of a sudden you're giving each individual a larger kind of radius of their life. They can more easily get to, let's say, that big city. Maybe they can now pick up a job in that big city. And with COVID, we're all working from home, but eventually, what if we're in the office, you know, two or three days a week and actually have to super commute from this, this small community where we've decided to live? A lot of people moved out of the big cities. Oh, yeah. How are they going to get back in there? Do they really need to fly into the, like, the major airports? Well, that's probably not going to work. But what if they could fly a small commuter flight once or twice a week to get in? talk to the people they need in person in the office and then fly back like that's never really happened before at any scale and these are the types of opportunities that if you were able to give a, a competitive price point um that that actually can open up so now we are enabling not just people to move around but think about the economic impact of allowing those individuals to move a little bit further away from that city center for those small communities and you know the, the the spending power of somebody with a higher salary living in those areas, you might have a, a really positive cycle um, of, of kind of growing and economic development, as well as every airport that we deliver to. Um, there's going to be infrastructure that's required there. There are going to be jobs that are created, oh, and yeah. um, and so you know you've got all these these extra layers of, of positive impact. I mean, yeah, I know that in our district, uh, you know, Surf Air has been you know, at Hawthorne Airport, been very great neighbors. You know, at first we thought there'd be like a lot of pushback with that little air, uh, airport hub right there, but, you know, good neighbors, clean neighbors, safe neighbors. So you already have the infrastructure uh, to be able to implement in a safe, clean uh, and semi-noise nuisance-less way uh, that just, you know, really can be a, a great model for whether it's a small, you know, island or island nation, or uh, just back and forth to different uh, hubs here in California, so uh, you've already got a lot of it kind of down pat. We we yeah. we do have the, uh, the 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 baseline drawn, and now it's just about growing to the full opportunity. Speaking of growth, yeah. since we're coming up to our thirty-minute mark. Any new technology you can share or growth or things in the future that you can tell us about? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm incredibly excited about the, the so the new technology that we're working on, whether it's the hybrid architectures that are that are that we're looking at or the types of vehicles, the types of planes that'll get impacted. It's you know, probably on a, on a weekly basis, we get outreach from somebody who's got their, maybe it's an individual who says, hey, I've got a plane, can you electrify it? Uh, or from an, from an airline or an airport saying, hey, we, we need help. We, we think we need an airline operating into our, our, little, our little regional airport, but we don't know how to start an airline. We don't know what the operation should look like. So those questions about like, what should the solution be for these broader these broader people? It requires this back end of knowledge of technology that is is actually a lot more comprehensive than just the airplane, and that actually get, that's getting me incredibly excited right now as I think about this. You know, what can we do for the world around us? Of course, we can deliver planes and we can deliver them with with uh, compelling performance, but. Um, well, I, I'm getting excited about these these additional conversations where we're looking a little more holistically around like how what what is the solution we can provide um, that 
gets them a low cost to operate and sustainable airplane, helps them understand here's the route structure you should fly and the number of planes and the types of planes that you should fly, or even says, here's how people in your community are currently moving around between where, where between their homes where you are and, and the, the larger cities around. And here's a route structure and pricing point that actually fits with that. And like, this is, these are very complex questions and, and challenges to solve, but ones that um, require actually a lot of kind of like backend technology and that are uh, tremendously exciting. And then of course, you know, my team is working on advanced, you know, advanced battery packs, energy storage. And we've got a few, we've got a plane that hopefully in a few months here is going to take its first flight. Um, and that's always exciting. So we've got just uh, a, Ooh, bunch of, a bunch of really exciting. Maybe stuff I'll be able to come on. out and film you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll let you know. And you guys are growing. Um, I believe you're hiring. You're expanding. Oh, your, aggressively. Your... Yeah. So if uh, I will say, if anybody is passionate about impacting the world in positive ways, electrification or aviation, uh, reach out, send an email to uh, talent at ampair.com. Uh, go to our website. We've got a lot of jobs up there. Uh, apply uh, and and uh, let us know how passionate you are about what we're doing. Uh, we are we're growing the team pretty rapidly. We'll probably we've already doubled in the last year. We'll probably double again going through this next year. Wow! Do you see the possible expansion of what you're doing being able to be used for other industries, whether it's auto or rail or just transportation in general? Is that kind of do you see like collaborations there happening, or the possibility for them, or? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of meaningful adjacencies. And you think about uh, what you'd be able to do if you said this plane, this this battery pack, is safe enough to fly in a plane. Uh, what else can you do that requires a safe battery pack? I think that that's 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 pretty interesting. Um, there's also, of course, secondary uses. You know, when the batteries are no longer energy dense enough for the plane because they degrade over time. What about putting them into your ground storage or or remote storage at these locations where where second use of these products, right? Reuse is real. I think really important from a, a overall you know sustainability um, type type uh, thought process. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, the there there are these areas. You know, automotive requirements and aircraft requirements are sufficiently different that I, I doubt that our 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 technology will go directly in there. But we're we're working closely with a, really around the same supply chain and and uh, and, and players, and um, and then I think that the, the the last part that I just want to reiterate is, you know, think about the resiliency of those communities and the fact that by us starting the conversation around electrification hubs in places that really haven't ever had them, we might have these secondary uh, benefits for the infrastructure of those communities, and that could be really meaningful. That's awesome. I'm always telling anyone I know in private equity, start investing in the infrastructure because this is happening rapidly mm -hmm. and we need oh, it. it. <laughs> so Kevin, thank you guys so much. Yes. You guys are doing amazing things. I am looking forward to bringing communities together, the Ampere planes, everything you guys are doing, keep it up. And uh, sooner or later, hopefully I'll be able to hop in one myself and jump around. Looking forward to that. I hate the big airports. I like the little ones. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a wonderful experience, and I recommend it for everybody. And eventually, we'll deliver it for everybody too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Everyone, take care. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you again soon. Bye, Bye all. Bye.